Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 12 of Genesis chapter 7. And we're going to begin by reading verses 9 and 10. There went in two and two unto Noah into the ark, the male and the female, as God had commanded Noah. And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. I'll stop reading there. Now, um, we've been reading in Genesis 7. Considering the flood account as the uh, day of the flood has come and God is bringing Noah and the animals into the ark. And we find here in verse 9, they went in two and two unto Noah into the ark, the male and female as God had commanded Noah. A similar statement is made. In verses 15 and 16, And they went in unto Noah into the ark two and two, of all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. And they that went in went in male and female of flesh, as God had commanded him, and Jehovah shut him in. It needs to be pointed out, only because of the time we're living in now, when it is becoming common actually not becoming, it is common, and it is acceptable now for men to marry men and women to marry women. And yet, when we look at the Bible, and um, we're, we're only mentioning this because God points out that they went into the ark two and two. Everyone had their pair, or there were couples. We know Noah went in, and Mrs. Noah. Noah had three sons. Each son had a wife, male and female. And it was the same with the animals. The animals went in male and female, two by two. None of the animals as well as none of the people, went in male and male, or female and female. That's unheard of. The the, the whole point was to keep seed alive, to preserve life, and, and of course, the way God has ordered the creation, the way that he designed things, was that he would create creatures... Man being the highest creature created in his own image. And these creatures would um, procreate. They, they would marry man and woman and have children. And the animals, likewise, a male and a female, and they would have offspring. That was the design. There's nothing in the Bible, certainly... And there's nothing in nature that 
would teach any other kind of idea than when two creatures of the same kind, and, and it always has to be the same kind, an elephant did not board the ark with a rabbit, and a monkey did not uh, um, go up uh, a male monkey with a, a female tiger. It was always the same kind and two by two, male and female. You know, th- this is about as basic as anything could be. Yet, in our time, incredibly, in a vivid, living demonstration of the blindness of man that can only be explained by the fact that he's a sinner and a rebel, because there's no natural explanation other than man's insistence and strong desire to rebel against God that he would dare to say that it is a natural thing and a good thing and a moral thing for two men to come together or two women to come together. Look what God says in Romans chapter 1. In Romans chapter 1, he, uh, he tells us in verse 25, speaking of mankind, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. That That is the word of God. When women go with women, or men with men, it's the same truth for a man with a man, it is changing the natural order of things, the natural use, and goes against nature. And in order to prove that, all you have to do is look into the animal kingdom and we see male and female. Now, of course, man is so stubborn, so hard-hearted and obstinate and perverted in his sin that he will search the animal kingdom from top to bottom to find some rare case where two creatures of some sort of the same sex, two males or whatever, uh, they, they get together. And we have to remember that there's a curse upon the creation. And, and so it's possible that there can even be perversion that enters into the animal kingdom. But overwhelmingly, just just strongly, overwhelmingly, when you look at creatures, male and female, male and female, that's the proper order that God has established, the only order that the Bible recognizes. And so that's exactly what God is doing in preserving the lives of his creatures that he created. He wants to um, 
destroy the first earth with the flood to provide this um, dramatic and incredibly big illustration of Judgment Day, and yet they will eventually come off the ark and they they will repopulate the world. Therefore, God is very uh, systematically and orderly bringing to of every kind, male and female, which really emphasizes and highlights the natural way is for there to be a man and a woman. And that's the only way God recognizes when it comes to marriage. The man and the woman become one flesh. There is no man and man becoming one flesh or woman and woman becoming one flesh. That's why no matter what governments say and no matter what the majority of people say, and we also have to take into account these are governments that are living at the end of the world when the Holy Spirit has lifted his hand to a very large degree off the hearts of men and people that are living in darkness in the world under the wrath of God that are expressing these opinions and have come to form a majority and and to say, well, now this is okay and we accept this and this is a good thing. Well, yeah, of course, it's a good thing for those that are... Um, sinners and and dead in sin and and spiritually blind and under the wrath of God and cannot discern between right and wrong and good and evil of course it appears to be a good thing to them but their opinion is of no matter of no importance of no significance to the child of God we look to the bible and the bible hasn't changed of course the bible is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so God established the order for things. And we see it in view here. There went in two and two unto Noah into the ark, the male and the female, as God commanded Noah. And in verse 10, it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. Now again, this seven-day Reference um, goes back to verse 4, when the Lord told Noah, For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth, forty days and forty nights. And, and, and so that was seven days prior, but now the seven days has passed. The, the time was given, the time elapsed. And that's the way... It always is with this world. Whether it, it was an actual historical seven-day period, and it was with Noah, he was told one week in advance, and that week passed. And the Bible relates one day is a thousand years. And so just as Noah had seven days, the world had 7,000 years to seek the Lord, to gain entry, if peradventure God were willing, into the ark or into the safety of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now here we are, here we are today, 
living on the earth after the 7,000-year period has elapsed. That's why this world is so vain and empty, and it lacks purpose when you build things and and when you um, try to develop things and, and build houses and families and artistic developments. Whatever our effort, whatever we put into this world, it will pass. The time will fly and the time of our life will expire. It will be gone. Whether it was seven days in Noah's case, he he was there at the point, the tenth day of the second month, and he received that warning, and that seven-day period flew by, and then came the seventeenth day of the second month, and the rains began according to the word of God. And you would think, well, 7,000 years... 7,000 years, an incredibly long period of time that men uh, would do everything that they could think of to live to be 100 years. And and yet, uh, 7,000 years, seven millenniums passed from the point when God spoke these words to Noah and, and from the point of the flood until 2011, which is now several years earlier. We we have gone several years past 2011. Time keeps moving and progressing. And, and the time that we think we have, it quickly goes. And, and so God gave time. Seek the Lord while he may be found, the Bible tells us. And while is a time reference. There was a day of salvation. And within that period of time, the day was um, a figurative reference that really um, had in view a, a very prolonged period of time. Even the church age was almost 2,000 years. And God was pouring out the early rain for 1,955 years. Then came that grievous beginning of the Great Tribulation, 2,300 evening mornings, wherein virtually no one was being saved, but God had not forgotten his people. For the elect's sake, he cut short the nature of the Great Tribulation outside of the churches and brought forth the latter rain, to save a great multitude. And, and he saved scores of millions of people in the short season of the second part of the Great Tribulation and then completed it. You know, th- this is something that, that some people, um, just don't get or they, they refuse to get it. And that is that when God gives a time period, when God said to Noah, yet seven days, that, that that was a very definite time period for people to get on board the ark. And yet it actually was a statement spiritually 
where the Lord was saying, yet 7,000 years. Now, what happened after the historical seven-day period is also what happened after the 7,000-year period, spiritually, God shut the door of heaven like he shut the door of the ark. And, and you tell people this and they say, oh, not so, not so. God would never uh, end his salvation plan. And, and while there were still people on the earth, God would never do such a thing. Well, perhaps they haven't read the account in Genesis 7. Did not God shut the door of the ark? while there were still people outside of the ark. And once he shut it, then no one could ever enter into the ark. Actually, God arranged it, so the door shut, and simultaneously, the rain began to fall. Day one, not everybody was dead. Probably um, very few people of the world died in day one of the flood, or even day two, or day three. Some people probably uh, managed to live much longer than that. And yet, God, the same God, again, uh, I'll make reference to that verse, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That same God made a decision, a determination, Actually, he told Noah 120 years earlier concerning who would get on board the ark. And and we discussed how that relates to his plan of uh, election. And then once all to get on board that God had predetermined that they alone would enter in, once they were all safely in, then God made the decision to shut the door of the ark. And you could have people after that point coming up to the ark, as I think it would be probably certain that they did once the rains began to fall and increase and the waters began to rise. Well, where are you going to go if you live in the town where Noah built the ark? Or if you live in that vicinity, uh, any number of miles outside of that vicinity. You're going to go to the one place on earth where you can find refuge, and that would be the ark. But when you get there, the door is shut. The door is shut. So would people go up to the door? Well, I would if I were locked out and I had my family and and the rain kept coming down like never before, and knock on the door, and knock on the door, and yell, Noah, 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 because you knew, everyone knew about that crazy old guy and the ship he was building. Noah, let me in. Noah. Some would probably, after a while of wearying and and just saying, let me in, begin to try and and argue and criticize and say, it's not fair. It's not fair of you to keep this door locked. It It is not right. It, it, it's not just. Here we are outside 
and and the rain is falling and the water is rising. We're in danger. You must open up this door. Yet, what they fail to realize is that God shut the door. And the Bible's clear that what God shuts, no man can open. And it was, on the other hand, true, what God opens, no man can shut concerning the day of salvation. But what God shuts, no man can open. And as we read in verse 16, Jehovah shut him in. So it was an act, it was a fateful decision by God himself to shut the door. No matter what people thought about it, who were outside of the ark, they they could make accusations, they could criticize, uh, they, they could yell at God all they want. Yet, the door was shut. And remember what it says in Luke chapter 13, and this is concerning Judgment Day. And, and so we can see how God is drawing on this picture of a shut door regarding the time of the judgment for all the inhabitants of the earth, the time we're living in. In Luke 13, verse 24, it says, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able when once the master of the house is risen up and has shut to the door, and ye begin to stand without, and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And he shall answer, and say unto you, I know you not whence ye are. You see how that parallels the situation with the flood, and the account of the Lord shutting them in, shutting Noah into the ark. And if you shut Noah in, you shut all those with him in also. And what God did after seven days, historically, many could have found fault with who were shut out. And yet, of course, God is just. God is righteous. God is always good. So, When God shut the door of the ark, it was not unjust. It was not an unrighteous act. It was not a bad thing, an evil thing. That's an impossibility for God. God is sovereign. God is sovereign Lord. He will have mercy upon whom he will have mercy. And he will save those that he will save. That is the sovereign will of God, the sovereign right of God to do. And God made determination, I will save Noah, his wife, his three sons, And their wives. I will save eight souls. And all the while that the ark was in construction, all the while 
that it was being built over the course of those many long years, well, that would be uh, akin or like the period of the Day of Salvation, the time wherein God could be found. Anyone, in other words, living in the world of Noah's day could have, they, they could have approached Noah and approached God and pleaded and, and requested and sought. They could have sought to gain entrance into the ark for themselves and for their family. And yet, from all that the Bible tells us, none did. They continued eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage and completely ignoring the gracious, merciful warning of God regarding the flood that was to come. And and so, God, it, it is as though God had a wide open door a great door and effectual to all the inhabitants of the world of Noah's day. All the way up until the 17th day of the second month of Noah's 600th year, as far as we know, and it would be in keeping with everything else we know about God in the Bible, anyone at all in all the world could have sought the Lord, could have approached Noah to enter into the ark. And none did. None did. So after the time that was given, especially that last seven days, after the time period finally came to a close, and and it's as though God besought the people, and through Noah, a preacher of righteousness, won't you... Humble yourselves and believe the Lord and trust in the Lord and come into the ark because it's going to rain and, and downpour and the, the world will be flooded and, and, and as ambassadors they besought the people on God's behalf and in return were mocked and ridiculed and ignored and dismissed. So then comes the time and God shuts the door. God shuts the door and, and when God shuts, that's it. He doesn't reopen. He, he doesn't say when someone comes afterwards, after the fact, and now someone's knocking on the door because now they can see with their eyes and they can actually feel the water and, and, they can see the the uh, water level rising all around them. Uh, they uh, now in their natural fear, uh, in um, the it's no longer a spiritual matter. It's no longer by faith that that they were given advance warning. But now it's not by faith. They see these things unfolding, and so they come. And no, God has no obligation. He he is perfectly just, perfectly right, perfectly good to keep the door shut. He he has um, no obligation or responsibility to the people that uh, 
were not desirous in any way and, and actually contrary to his gracious kindness in forewarning them and keeping the, the door of the ark open until the point that he did, well, now, now, uh, it, it's all done. It's all done. There was a time wherein it was open, but now is the time it's shut. And this all relates to what happened on May 21, 2011, which had the underlying Hebrew calendar date of the 17th day of the second month, which matches the day that God shut the door of the ark. God shut the door of heaven after a worldwide proclamation, after proclaiming and beseeching all the people of the earth for years to seek the Lord because judgment day is coming. Well, then judgment day came. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.